Hello and welcome back to another episode of HBO Max. I'm your host, McKenna. Joining me as always is Brandon. How are you today, Brandon? Uh, ooh, just back to back banger episodes for me. <laughs> we we had a we had a huge dip down in quality with 21 and over, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're going back to back two of my all time favorite movies. So things are going good for Brandon. <laughs> There we go. And joining us is our very special guest, Aaron. How are you today, Aaron? I'm so good and so excited to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. And the fact that the initial episode of HBO Max wasn't Mad Max is a little bit shocking, oh. but that's okay because, I mean, I got to watch it. I was going to say, we kept it just for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So hopefully you guys yeah. labeled this one Mad Max. Mad M-A-K-S. Yeah, yeah Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's happening. Like, yes. not only is this one of my favorite movies, but I also did absolutely pick it based off the title. <laughs> like, what else can they have a pun off of? <laughs> you know, that didn't come to mind playing. when we were planning the first episode, because the, the reason we ended up going with uh, Billy Madison for the first episode was that we were releasing it on 420. So we oh, wanted nice. to get as much of a stoner comedy as possible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't totally. even think about the pun aspects of anything, but that's still a really good first episode. <laughs> it, was a fun it, it, it wasn't even supposed to happen. I'm just, I'm just glad we're here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are talking about Mad Max Fury Road. Woo! Um, I'm going to, talk about some facts and figures which i had a grand old time reading the like the trivia on this it was amazing um okay so released may 7 2015 with a budget of it gets very specific 140 numbers 154.6 to 185.1 million dollars box office made about 375.7 million it's the highest grossing mad max film but technically didn't you know it was it was a money. modest success yes yeah yeah um it still had 10 oscar nominations including best picture and best director and it, and it uh won the most awards that year with six uh six oscars um the- uh, so uh fun fun fact about that only two other movies in oscar history have won as many oscars and didn't win best picture mm-hmm. really yeah, it's uh, Cabaret and Gravity. Wow. wow. Gravity also did deserve Best Picture. <laughs> Interesting. <Bummer>. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, I mean, because like Spotlight won. This is better than Spotlight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed Spotlight, but this movie is on another level. And then uh, George Miller didn't get the uh, the best director. And he was like, it was like really close, but... um. I can't remember his name, but the uh, the director for The Revenant went back-to-back best directors uh-huh. with this one. So. Yeah, because that and Birdman, right? Yeah, Birdman, and then he did The Revenant back-to-back, yeah. which pretty impressive. impressive <laughs> yes. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen uh, George Miller get the best director for this, because this movie's just insane. Yeah, it's just so bonkers and visually stunning and mm-hmm. just what a ride. And so many practical effects. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Spe- speaking of... 80, over 80% of the effects were practical. Uh, they mainly used special effects for uh, to enhance the landscape, to remove stunt rigging, and uh, for f- f- mm, furosas. 
Furiosa's Furiosa. arm. Furiosa, shit! I knew it was yeah. gonna miss. Yeah, uh, for her arm. Um, yeah, it's it's funny that pretty much every effect is practical, but also every shot is a CG shot because there's so <laughs> many wires being taken out. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that that blew blew my mind. Um, it was in development hell for a good a good bit in like the late nineties uh, to the early two thousands, and then like. 9-11 happened and then the Iraq war happened and then Mel Gibson had some controversy so it didn't nothing happened and then uh after 2007's Happy Feet George uh-huh. Miller realized we're going to do it which that's the only George Miller movie I've seen before this this fun fact for you um, you've never seen Babe Pig in the City no I haven't I saw Charlotte's Web but I didn't see the other pig movie uh. it's very <laughs> I should I should have seen Babe, um, but I didn't realize he did Happy Feet. Um, so you know what a what a wild two movies that I've seen of his now. Yeah. Um, well, so he actually leveraged Happy Feet two to get this movie made, because so like the Harry Potter movies ended, and mm-hmm. uh, Universal was like trying to get as many franchises so that they could keep having stuff go forward. And so like we want Happy Feet two. He's like, I'll do Happy Feet two, but you have to fund Mad Max four. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't, I didn't realize, well, I did, but I didn't realize there were three movies prior. I knew it was a thing. I didn't realize yeah. how much of a thing it was. Um, it's it's uh, a weird series. It very much is. Like, it's not, like, one, the movies are barely connected to each other at all. Oh. From one to two, yeah, they're so wildly different. Yeah, what one to two, like, one isn't, like, a post-apocalypse movie. They're just like out in the desert in a town that's like overrun by a gang. And then the jump to the second movie, it's like, oh, yeah. And now uh, just now we live in a wasteland. Yeah, the wasteland. And then you get to this one and things have gotten so bad that literally the oceans have boiled away. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fun fact for you in the very first movie, it one of the big climax shots is a big semi rolls through a van and explodes it and crushes it. Um, George Miller had completely run out of money um, by the end of the movie. So he used his own personal van and destroyed it. He ran a semi through his own car and was just crossing his fingers that the movie would do well enough that he could buy a new car once it was released. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. The man is a maniac when he wants to make a movie. Yeah. (laughs) I I can tell. Um, there was approximately 470 hours of footage that the editor had to go through. It took it took her uh, three months, which, fun fact, the editor, Margaret Sixel, is uh, George Miller's wife. Um, oh. So he This is the first action movie she ever edited. Mm-hmm. Like, she's... Okay. She edits, like, a lot of, like, dramas and stuff. She's really, really talented, yeah. And then he was like, we're going to get your... We, we want you to do this one. And, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, she had a tough time editing this movie together. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least you know who to complain to about work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. Oh, that would have been. Oh, yeah, that would have been good. Um, the oh oh some sound trivia because I love this stuff. So the mechanical truck sounds were layered with whale noises because yep. I did not know that. Because, Mostly uh, the war rig. Yeah, yeah. Um, because George Miller saw the war rig as Moby Dick 
and uh, Morton Joe as uh, Captain Ahab and Wales. Okay. The, uh, the final shot of Nux destroying the war rig, none of that is practical sound. It's all whale sounds, like, massively distorted. Whoa. Whales. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, the engine one breaking down is the same sound the Millennium Falcon makes uh, in episode five. Um, so, you know, there's just so many sounds everywhere. Yeah. It's great. Whales and the Millennium Falcon. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> and then uh, my final fun fact, the flame shooting guitar. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't shout it out. Uh, it weighed about 132 pounds and it shot real gas powered flames that was controlled with the whammy bar. Which I, I did know about the flames. I did not realize how heavy that sucker was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they had originally constructed the prop as just like a prop. And then they took it out there like, it looks amazing, whatever. And George Miller's like, I can't wait to hear it play. And the guy was like, it can't mean? play. I did not build <laughs> this to be able to play sound. So they had to like retrofit it and they built another prop and like wrapped the other one around it. So. Oh, no. They, I think he said there was like something like 178 individual pieces on that prop oh or whatever. And the guy who played the Doof Warrior said it was the worst guitar he's ever played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that checks out. <laughs> but how cool is it? Like it deserved best picture for that guy alone. Oh, this is dude dangling, so shredding metal as we have these high chase scenes. Yes. Like, so good. That was like I the remember. shot in the trailer that everybody was like, oh, shit. This is yeah, like, what are we movie. about to be in for? <laughs> totally. It reminded me of, stick with me here, Rock Band had like a bunch of those intro shots in the beginning. And there is a shot of a guy on on, the, on a truck with essentially that. The big Rock Band 2 talk. intro, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With the... Yeah. Um, the deep purple song. What is it? Yeah. Oh, I can't think of what it is. Highway star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's just what right. You know, any moment that I can think about rock band is, is a good moment. <laughs> that, that's what made this a good movie. I can think about rock band and boom, good movie. Um, but that, that's, that's, uh, my wraps of my facts and figures. But before we get into, uh, talking about the movie itself, I'm curious, Aaron, why you chose this movie. Um, I, I know you said it's it's one of your favorite movies and whatnot, but I would like to know more about why it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also wasn't kidding that I actually went on HBO and typed in Max to see if I could make a pun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, Fury Road's on here. That's perfect. <laughs> so that Hell was yeah. absolutely part of it. <laughs> um, but then also, like, even though it's one of my favorite movies and I realized yesterday when I watched it, I need to watch this movie more. It had been like three or four years since the last time I had watched this. And so it just felt like the right moment. And man, I'm so happy that it held up as well as it did. It, there's very few movies I can point to as a theater experience, like Dark Knight, Get Out, Top Gun Maverick, and Mad Max. As like moments I'll probably never forget of leaving a theater. Like, holy shit, what did I just witness? Like, that was peak filmmaking and I am a huge film nerd. I went to a film school. So like, I like to pick apart how things are actually made. And like one of my favorite parts about the dark Knight is the only practical or the only digital effect of them flipping a semi in downtown Chicago is removing the piston that got it, that gets it to flip. And they just had to digitally remove that. 
So when somebody can like make a film and not have to rely so heavily on CG, it just holds a special place in my heart. Hence why I also love Top Gun Maverick so much. They put these guys through like military pilot training and they fixed seven IMAX cameras in a cockpit and they just went for it. Like that is incredible stuff to me. And so Mad Max is, is that like, like we're talking about, they, most of the digital effects are just removing wire work and all of that. But what you see is like what you get and it elevates a movie so much. Like you just feel it, you know, the intensity's there. Like you can feel that there's like a real amount of danger going on and nobody's getting hurt, but it's like, that doesn't look fake. That right. that looks like a guy is swinging on a pole over a truck. Yes. And like, I love Marvel movies, but when you have Mad Max, like fighting people on top of the war rig and like, like there's a real sense of danger there. You feel like he could fall off at any point and you don't, you don't think about the green screen or anything like that. Like it's just, yeah. Cause there's not one. And so I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yes, lots of lots of danger. Yes. I I was I, I watched it this morning while I was technically supposed to be working, and I had I had to stop what I was doing because I was just I had to watch the movie. I was like, I can't. Now I'm just gonna take a lunch real early, and this this is I'm just gonna watch this because I I can't stop <laughs> yeah. looking at it. And the movie doesn't stop. Like the movie no. is like constantly. <laughs> it will not let you breathe. Okay, so it's start like you you're in the climax ten minutes in doggy dog. Like yeah. it does not slow down. Yes. I was like, oh wow, this is pretty intense for the beginning of the movie. No, it's the rest of the movie. Like it was great. Yeah. Oh man. I watched it with my partner and by the time he jumps out and like hooks the chains on the giant hook and is like swinging, yes. she looks at me, she's like what the hell are we in for? I was like, oh, you just wait. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it just starts right out the gate. It's, and even the slow parts are so intense. And by slow, I mean, like, when they're just trying to get through the mud, like we're no longer high speed chasing, right? And like, even that you just feel intense the entire time. Like that movie just does not let up. It's so good. It's so good. So, um, so yes. <laughs> movie talk time here we go let's go because i know brandon has a lot of notes and i'm yeah and i'm sure Uh, has lots of thoughts i'm 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 a bit obsessed with this movie um (laughs) i actually like like aaron i hadn't seen it in a couple years like i had like sort of put it away not really thought about it in a while um but like when this movie came out uh, I, t- I told McKenna this last week when we were just like hanging out, but uh, I saw this movie five times the week it came out in theaters. Heck yeah. Um, I, I'm a huge Mad Max fan. Like in high school, I watched The Road Warrior like so many times. Yes. And like the other two movies, not my favorite, but like The Road Warrior in particular is just an incredible movie. Yeah. And so like I was like huge Mad Max fan, really like obsessed with that one movie. And then when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, leading up to it coming out in theaters like i was having dreams about the movie like i was just i was so ready for it and then yeah. i walked out of the theater and i was like immediately like i want to go see it again and then i went and took friends to go see it i took my brother to go see it i took my cousin to go see it i just like kept going back and so um i'd been threatening to read a book for this podcast for like a while 
nice. because knowing for uh, knowing how little work me and McKenna put into this podcast, <laughs> I think it's very funny to read a book in preparation for HBO Max of all shows. So uh, this week I read uh, Blood, Sweat and Chrome, the making of Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, heck yeah. Incredible book. Um, uh, I learned so much about this movie. I didn't know so much about how crazy the making of this movie was. It started off being a TV show idea that eventually branched out. There was no script for this movie. They, what? yeah, they, they, there was not a script written for this movie. George Miller worked with a comic book artist named Brendan McCarthy over the course of like 10 years just storyboarding the film out like a graphic novel and that's what they shot and uh incredible yeah and like i mean so aaron i know you're you're in the filmmaking and all that stuff um the it seems absolutely mind-numbing the way that they shot this movie because they shot it one in sequential order like they shot it in order of scenes which is not how you make a movie nope So that that made it like way more expensive, way more time consuming. They shot this movie for like almost a full year. And then like like the six second scene of Furiosa putting her hand on the wheel and looking to the side, that's all they shot for the scene. They're not shooting a scene. They shot it like they were editing it on the day, which is also just like maddening. The actors right. hated it. <laughs> The, the, it, like Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron both like got driven crazy making this movie, having to work with George Miller's specific ideas. They hated each other. It was like oh. the, I recommend people go check out that book because it's I just will like absolutely the making of this movie is like I don't think there's ever been a movie that's been made like this. It's just insane, and it and it feels it feels like a different kind of movie than anything you watch like yeah. one the like the movie's just non-stop the action right. starts at the beginning of the movie and just never ends yep. and it like how they got so many ideas for action set pieces i i don't know especially when it's like it's so limited in location like it it's it's almost like like a bottle episode because they're pretty much on the war rig the entire movie yeah, they don't really do except like another action scene, not on the <clears throat> war rig. It's like, like speed is I love speed, but they yeah. run out of shit. To, they <laughs> jump the bus in speed twice because they run out of ideas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't. Absolute lunacy made this movie and it pays yeah. off when like. Finishing it last night, I had the feeling like I had the first time I watched it where I was just like, I, I immediately want to watch it again because yeah, I'm totally just insane. like, this is so, it's awesome, man. Hearing that, I'm curious on how he's doing Furiosa and I'm surprised Charlie's chose to come back. She's not coming back. Oh, is it going to, they're going to recast It's going to be on a Taylor Joy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So That's originally awesome. they wrote, they wrote the Furiosa screenplay. It was originally, they wrote it sort of on accident as backstory for Furiosa and then they were just like the story's so good just make it a script and it was supposed to be an animated movie that was going to drop a couple months before this came out and then the making of this movie was so chaotic and all over the place that it was end up that it was going to get finished like two years before the movie came out and they were like well that's not going to work so they they shelved it and now it's going to be I mean 
I I've been so like because they announced that movie almost immediately after this got done yeah. that there was going to be a Furiosa prequel and like oh, man I hope it gets made but I don't I don't know if it will. <laughs> They're filming now. He posted a picture from day one of shooting with the clapboard oh, and really? everything. So yeah, so hopefully. Hopefully we're sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the current date is like May 24th, 2024. Okay. Is what I read. Um, but it's been so long. It's far away. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm curious. I like I said, I have so many questions about this movie and the, the her in particular. What would she how'd she get there? What's she doing? I want to see her life. <laughs> yeah. Because we have 20 years from the moment she's captured to mm-hmm. when she finally meets back up with the mothers. Yeah, they they have. The, the, the wildest thing about this movie is basically every single character has a completely fleshed out backstory. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. when Tom Hardy like showed up like to when he got the role, they gave him an entire book about the last year of Max's life. And like nice. everything that had happened, and yeah, they gave Furios, uh, they gave Shirley's Theron an entire script to be like, "This is your character. This is your backstory." Like, oh yeah, it's 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 nuts, man. <laughs> and it pays off though, right? Like, it it, it the world, the, despite this being like one of the weirdest worlds you've ever seen depicted on screen, it somehow still feels real. Everything yeah. makes sense. Like, there's nothing that's like what the hell's that about? It's just like, nah, it's, 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 it's weird as hell, but it, it, it feels like it exists somehow. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, <just, laughs> I want to go so through many... these questions you got, Mac. Cause okay, I, I remember yeah. the first time I took my friend to see it. My, I was with a couple friends, my friend Ray, and we're watching the movie and like I'm you know, I've already seen it, so I'm fucking locked in on this thing. <laughs> they're still like they hadn't seen a Mad Max movie before, so they're like very skeptical at the beginning. And then they get to the scene of the um the the uh after the war rig takes off and you get a shot up in the citadel and like the um the milk maidens being milked. <laughs> and my friend yeah. Ray turned over to me like what the fuck is this movie, man? Yeah. <laughs> what did you just do? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. A lot of things happen. Um. So, what? What? what what's going on with the world? What? How? What happened? So, Nuclear war killed everything. Yeah, oh. they, we there. There's never been like a definitive what happened to yeah. the world. Especially because it, it's essentially changed up in every movie. Like um, it, the the first one, it spawns off of like the seventies gas crisis. Essentially, like if that never stopped, and yeah, I guess like nuclear war, probably uh, environmental stuff. Obvi- obviously, in this movie, it plays in a lot with like this is a very feminist film, and so they t- they do the. Um, who killed the world is one of the things that gets repeated out through the movie. Men yeah. is I th- <laughs> the answer to that. Warlords, <laughs> stuff like yes. that. So yeah, basically like people like a Morton Joe just like kept fucking shit up. And then yeah, probably somebody launched some nukes, I guess. 
Yeah, they Lord actually established that right at the very beginning that they had scorched the earth with nuclear war and basically shit just got worse and worse and worse for the planet from there. Yeah. And our introduction to Max is he eats a two-headed lizard. <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot that happened in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, well, That was improv by Tom Hardy. Oh. <laughs> they, were, they were there and he's like, wouldn't it be cool if like I ate a lizard? And they were like, yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> Pretty dope, actually. <laughs> I want to be in his brain when he thought of that. Like that. Who is Max? Why does he, why do they get him? Why do they snag him? Like, what, what's he doing? What, what, what's his story? So he's a cop or was a cop before the world got scorched. And um, like Brandon said at the beginning, like the first one, the world is not scorched yet. Like it's Mm -hmm. pretty normal. Um, And he is with his wife and a street gang shows up because the world is kind of starting to Mm -hmm. like fall into this world where there's kind of no rules and anarchy is slowly starting to take over. And this street gang hunts him down and ends up murdering his wife. And then and his becomes, daughter. And his daughter, yeah. And so it becomes a revenge tale, and he goes after this gang. Um, which I'm pretty sure the leader of the gang is the one in the van that they run through at the semi at the very end. Where George Miller no, he's, he's the pattern. guy on the motorcycle at the end. Oh, that's his eyes means. pop out, which they yeah, use yeah, yeah. that shot. Yeah. yeah. And there was some rumor of a backstory that he actually doesn't die and he becomes a Morton Joe, but I don't know if you can actually the, make that. So connection. it's the same actor, Hughes keys burn that yeah, plays that toe cutter in the original. And he plays a Morton Joe. Um, yeah. There's actually a prequel prequel comic about a Morton Joe and like his okay. whole backstory and stuff. So it, it's not Canon, but it is fun because yeah, they just reuse Hughes keys burn plays half of the main antagonists in Mad Max movies. Yes. <laughs> Morton, Morton Joe, let me, let me, I'm going to sidetrack questions real quick. Let okay. me tell you who he reminds me of. All right. Okay. I'm excited Just to hear this. cross between, are you guys familiar? Okay. You're familiar with Bane from Batman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Are you familiar with the uh, second Scooby-Doo movie? Yeah. Less so than Bane, but yeah. I'm aware. There there is a villain in that movie who I swear looks like a cross between uh, no. Bane no. Hold on. Martin Joe looks like a cross between Bane and one of the villains of the second Scooby Doo movie. The evil masked figure in the second Scooby Doo movie. I'm telling you Oh, like I, the main bad guy. Yes. So I was thinking like minor 49er or something. <laughs> no, like the, the, the bad guy, bad guy. Okay. Evil masked figure who, fun fact, I have not seen or thought of that guy since I was maybe seven years old. Looked him up today. Still terrifying. <laughs> but that is who. That's what I've got for Morton Joe. Okay. What I think. Yeah, think. solid. I could see it. Terrifying though, isn't like he's so scary. I don't know how I got through childhood after seeing that movie. Like, he... I mean, I saw Tim Curry's It when I was way too young. So, <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of people had that experience. Yeah. Talk about being <laughs> scarred. Oh, yeah. It sounds By the time I got to Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo I was like, too. that's adorable. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're good by that. Um, also, Morton Joe, is he just everyone's dad? Like, what's... It's... <laughs> so literally... Some good questions. Literally on the set of the movie, they would have the war boys chant daddy at a Morton Joe. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that. I like he's, he's not He's not their dad, like, literally. He's like a... Mm-hmm. He's essentially like a deity, like, figure. Yeah. Like, he's a okay. god. Yeah. Interesting, but he's he's got like five wives, so like surely he's populated a good chunk of those people, right? Well, I assume the or boys are do... all created, right? Because they keep saying that they're half lives. Yeah, so like uh, all like all the war boys are essentially like normal, like all the people down. Those are their kids, the war boys. When they get old enough, they turn into war pups, and then they turn into war boys. They and like they all have cancer and stuff. It's a whole deal. Uh, Morton Joe, his only kid is Rictus, the, the big beefy guy, the big dude, dude with the dude. gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, the reason he's got the five wives is he's taken like the um the women who have gotten like the least cancer, like the least messed up for the world, and he's trying to create an heir that is like a regular human, yeah. not mutated or anything at all. Which isn't also the guy in the chair with the beard. Isn't that also one of his kids or no? I thought so, but they never say it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he actually is a Morton Joe's son or if he's just like saying. They for sure confirmed the beefy guy, though, because he's like, I had a brother and he was perfect in every way. (laughs) (laughs) Former WWE superstar Nathan Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I was why does he have so oh, actually oh, I, we, we talked about troy last week i'm pretty yes. sure i'm pretty sure rictus is the guy achilles kills at the beginning of troy uh, by stabbing him in the neck shit. so yeah, episodes so crossing tight. over everything is connected also zoe kravitz is in this movie so and yeah, we watched we like three Batman. billion yep. movies with her so and she was in fantastic beasts yeah <laughs> this is just zoe and she kravitz steals podcast. every scene in any movie she's in because she's incredible yes. in this too she's absolutely the best of the wives yeah. uh her, her her character's name is toast the knowing yes i i, I like her name. <laughs> that is my favorite of the wives names, i think <laughs> uh, um what is there like significance of the 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 for black for like the black paint or black stuff on the forehead what's what's so it's um it's rank that's how they determine rank like they call furiosa an imperator and that's yeah that's what imperators are like they're like the lieutenants and that's how they show what they are is they have the black grease on their forehead it's just background world building stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. like you'll notice like the um like when they show up at the end and all the war pups are there, the little kids, they're yeah. just painted like pure white. They don't have right. like the other markings that the war boys have and then mm-hmm. the war boys, some of them have some yeah. the the smile thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, some face staples. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's all like weird. <laughs> Which I, I guess originally what they wanted was they were going to do 
tattooed smiles on everybody's face. Oh. And like the more teeth that were in the smile, the more people you would kill or whatever. Oh. And then like they tried to do that with Furiosa and they were like, no, this looks this looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't ruin Charlie's like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I I read speaking of like how many people they've killed, like the body count in this is like 110 or something and like 36 is by Max and like 32 is by Furiosa. And I didn't realize how much death there was until I read that those numbers. Uh, oh yeah, no, I, I guess no. Yeah, they I mean, killed a lot of people. three people, people off. in one floating car, you know. Like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, I was like thinking I was like, "Oh, yeah, no. Never mind. No, that makes this is this makes sense." Yeah. And a good chunk of um, protagonist deaths that I had forgotten about. Like some of the mothers getting lost mm-hmm. and everything. I yeah. totally spaced. Like the young one trying to protect the older lady and they get hit by the semi. Yeah, mm. Valkyrie. That that actually wasn't supposed to happen. The actress oh, really? who played Valkyrie had to leave the set for a day. And they were like, they're like, you can stay and you'll live till the end of the movie. Or if you go, we'll have to kill you off because we don't have more shooting days with you. And for whatever reason, she had to leave. But oh. yeah, so they like and then um, the the keeper of the seeds, she dies when she gets, yep. she gets the chainsaw. Yeah, a lot of I know. a lot of people you really like sad. die in this movie. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> Nux. Yeah. Nux. When Nux died, dude, that's yes. like the first time I watched it. It was so heartbreaking. What a character arc he has. I know. And also the I fact know. that he he turned his life around because he just needed loved. <laughs> like the first time that she shows him affection and he's just like, I'm good now. I don't I don't need a Morton Joe's approval. It's like that was so, and so precious. At the end, when he de- he points to her and he says, "Witness me." Yes, it's oh, so good, crushing. Oh, yeah, it was her. He was like, "I'll have to follow you," and yeah, he's dies. like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, fuck, that hurt my heart. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> um. It's going off of Nox now. Um, the significance of the blood bag. Why? Because they have a shortened lifespan. Like, I think it's because of their DNA. That's why they call them like half-lifes. Um, they, they have cancer. They're all. Is, is that what it is? It's just. Yeah, cancer they all have the cancer. And yeah, okay. so the, the idea was that was um, one of the writers. They had a family member who had cancer and they they were like when they get he'd get a blood transfusion and he'd be like really energetic for a couple days but eventually you know the cancer deteriorates the blood again and stuff so yeah nux is like all strung out because he's about to die but they give him the max's blood which he's i i love that they note that like um because max is like really ferocious and stuff they market that his blood is high octane crazy blood yes And they tattoo all that information on him when they captured him, like his blood type and all that. So they knew who they could hook him up to. Yeah. And then why? I assume that's that's like he had to stay connected. Those two had to stay connected. And that's why he was just put on the the hood of his uh, car like a like a hood ornament. Yeah, because he says, if I'm going to die, I want to die in battle. And he's like, let me just bring my blood bag he's yeah, like we'll just leave him connected and tie him up and they were like it's oh fine. Okay. it'll be great yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Which what, ends up being one of the most intense, like, <gasps> beginning chase scenes ever, too, when he's just, like, strapped and leaned forward with this yes. like, gnarly metal grill. And, oh, it's, yeah, like... Absolutely wild. Hannibal Lecter, but... Not... But yes. It's just Hannibal... It's him, Hannibal. Yeah, metal he's, Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> in a wasteland and not eating people... Still killing people, but not eating them. Max right. has probably eaten a person before. Oh, I. Oh, sure. eh. he he ate a two-headed lizard. Of course, he's probably eaten a person before. Still can't get over that. I will never get over that. So this is bro. Okay, it was, it was very cool. But we just met the little guy, and he was just scurrying along. Hell well, of a way to intro like, the movie. <laughs> as he's monologuing about how he doesn't know anymore if the worlds actually matter if it's all in his head. And then he yeah. eats a lizard, and you're just like, exactly. I think a good chunk's in your head, bud. Right, right, <laughs> you yeah, are yeah. clearly a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, like, what's like the silver paint thingy? The the silver paint that they spray on their mouth when, like, it seems like every time they go into like some sort of battle or something or dangerous situations. It's actually, right before they know they're gonna die, they spray with chrome. Oh. Um, because they okay. want to be made shiny and new. Yeah, so like they worship cars. Yeah. That's yeah, why like um that. like Nux's his like tattoo, like right. burnings that he has on his chest is um it's actually a blueprint for a V8 engine. Oh. Like uh, um like yeah, they they worship car parts and stuff like they have the big tower of wheels that like they're like like it's like a ceremony taking a car out and stuff. And so, yeah, like the chrome thing is that like, I guess chrome's like the nice, nicest thing on a car, right? The shiny mm-hmm. bit. I also always sort of assumed that like the way they act, that it the spray was some kind of like berserker drug or whatever yes. that would like give you one boost to like go out. Human yeah. NOS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's just some meth in there or something, you know? Right. Breaking they Bad has tweak out when they do it. Yeah, Breaking Bad has blue meth. Mad Max has silver meth. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so their idea though is because he always says we were born, we die, we're born again. So he's always like, make me shiny and new for Valhalla. So I think that's why they do it right before they know they're gonna die. They're gonna mm. go crazy, but they're gonna make sure that they get to Valhalla all shiny. Yeah, and then they all believe that they are gonna be born again into war pups, but. Yeah probably not accurate i i also assume it has to do with like the the witness me thing like make yourself shiny right. so you can be seen yeah hmm. interesting so like okay the end morning okay. joe's dead face yeah. brutally ripped off it's fine Ugh, so uh, <laughs> i was that's wasn't expecting it <laughs> they, they go back to the citadel the women are like hell yeah we're taking over so what, like, I'm assuming, I, I mean, it ends, so, like, this is assumption, like, what, like, he's got, Morton Joe seems to be a very influential man, so, like, surely he's got people back at the Citadel, like, how, I don't know if this question will be answered, I don't even know if I'll be able to phrase this question, so <laughs> stick with me here. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I want to ask. I don't know how to ask it. So it's like the women are there, like yo, our turn, doggy dogs. And there, there's 
Oh, this is this is not being worded very well. <laughs> Things aren't gonna be peaceful, right? Like shit's gonna go down more because like surely Morton Joe's got dudes back. Maybe I don't know. Thoughts. I don't Please think help. so. I think they see Furiosa as the god killer at this point. And they're like, Ooh. oh shit, like if she can kill Morton Joe, she'll mess she'll mess up any of us. And I think because she gets the side of the people immediately, like everybody down below supports her. My theory is anybody higher up is terrified of revolt. And like, Mm -hmm. they would just get tossed down to them to be torn apart because any of Immortan Joe's people just watched all the citizens literally tear him limb from limb. That's how much they hated him. So I think that was a pretty clear message that they're like, yeah, she's in charge now. Got it. Yeah, and like he doesn't have too many people up in the citadel. Like um, most of them die. Yeah, like in yeah. the party because he took so many people with him. Yeah, like there's actually like um, a lot of the stuff that didn't make it into the filming of the movie was the stuff setting up the citadel and stuff. But they mm-hmm. they they've talked about it on other things, and yeah, pretty much everybody that was capable left. Okay, interesting. I I think my my final question for now keywords for now what is fury road i actually well, had this multiple times yesterday yeah i've, I've had this thought too <laughs> i i assume that it's that stretch of highway that connects the citadel the bullet farm and um gas town and because there's there's raiders and stuff all over there and stuff, I, I assume that they just call it everything in this movie. They just fucking call it like the wildest shit that they can. Think I, yeah, of. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never. Honestly, never thought that until yesterday. I was like, why is this called Fury Road? <laughs> like, what is the road that's Fury? <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Where's this anger? Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was watching. I think it may have been mentioned once, but like, there was he couldn't connect it to anything. I don't think yeah. I, I couldn't. But yeah, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm glad that wasn't like a totally like, okay. <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> it is interesting yeah. because the third movie is called The Thunderdome. Oh, it's Beyond or Beyond the Thunderdome. But there yeah. is a literal Thunderdome in it where they all like yeah. fight and stuff. Like a gladiator oh. style Coliseum. Yeah. Mac, you're gonna have to go back and watch the original three. Like they're a trip. <laughs> At this point I am. Yeah. They sound like hell of a time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I gotta Beyond yeah. Thunderdome's a super weird movie because like the Thunderdome is like the first half. Yeah. And then the second half is Max going out to like a village that's all children and just being like a dad for a while. <laughs> yeah. And you get Tina Turner with a mohawk, like yeah. big 80s hair. Oh, it's Master Blaster. Yep. It's Tina so Turner? good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. That's all you had to say. I'm in with yeah. Tina Turner. The second Mad Max is like one of my absolute favorites growing up. I it's, was it's, so in love mm. with that movie. And I always thought Mad Max himself was one of the coolest looking characters and one of the coolest characters out there. And man, Tom Hardy just, just kept he it did, going, kept it alive. He does such a good job. And he has like Especially 10 like, lines and it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, like he, he does like a very different version of Max. Cause like yes. Mel Gibson was like really charismatic and stuff as Mac, but like, 
this this is like a Max who was like gone just completely insane, and he yeah. doesn't he growls more than he talks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it created one of my all time favorite gifts for Twitter, and it's the that's bait. That's bait. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime somebody has a hot take, I'm just that's bait. <laughs> I also like the voice he's using. Like it's not it's like part Australian accent. Part, yeah, like he's got a bunch of sand in his mouth. Right. <laughs> like, he, like he hasn't had water in years. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 speaking of liquids in this movie, mother's milk. Uh, what? Why? What's is why there's no livestock What's... left so like okay. that is their that's, source of dairy their dairy yeah it's like yeah. you know consistent consistent like a good good protein yeah um, right. water is really valuable so you know you can yeah. something else that you can drink that's not going to kill you mm-hmm. so there's the two beverages water yep. and mother's milk Aqua Cola. Aqua Cola. <laughs> How they just like rename certain things like ah, I got fifteen thousand pounds of, or gallons of gasoline instead of gasoline. Anti seed. Like, yes. <laughs> Plant one and watch something die. <laughs> oh. Uh Brandon, you you have lots of notes. Oh man, okay. I, yeah. I Let's hear start. Something. Uh, let's let me let me fit fit out to uh oh yeah so just so just uh, a couple things on the, i have a quote from like the making of the, the the movie so um out of 12 to 14 hours a day six days a week they would get roughly between 24 and 30 seconds of usable footage a day oh no no <laughs> as a filmmaker Break aaron my... would that not be your worst nightmare oh my god that breaks my brain <laughs> God. Yeah, because they're like the days where they're not doing big stunt work. It's literally just it's like doing a pickup day just over and over again all day. Just no. <laughs> um, oh, some some fun stuff. The stunt doubles for Max and Furiosa got married. Oh, um, that's adorable. They, they would later divorce, yeah. but they have a kid together oh. and apparently they're still very friendly. That's good. Um, as long as Sam. No, not the only marriage that came from this movie. Oh. Uh, Riley Keough, who plays, um, I can't, I can't remember all the wives' names. She's the redheaded wife. Okay. Mm. She got married to one of the war boys, specifically the war boy who comes over on the cat pole and steals Zoe Kravitz. Oh. That's Riley Keough's husband. Oh. <laughs> I'm sad she didn't end up in Nux. Yeah, that was good. I was trying to think of his also, first name. Holt. She's yeah, Elvis Presley's Holt, granddaughter. Oh, what? Whoa. Yeah, that's random. Yeah. Interesting. Um, ninety-five percent of the dialogue in this movie is dubbed. <laughs> that checks out. I mean, it has to be <laughs> so freaking loud on set. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. Super super loud, and then like um just also like what was it like they were changing up some of the lines a lot in this too because they they didn't have written dialogue for most of it so they kind of fix some stuff at the end um uh possible so originally this was supposed to be heath ledger was supposed to be max 
Oh. He was pretty much all but committed. He was going to be Max. And then, of course, he tragically passed away. And so they started looking for, like, different actors. One, a <laughs> couple people got really close for a while. Eminem was going to be Max. Don't want to see that version. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I want to see the trailer of that version. But I don't uh, think I could watch the whole thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, George Miller saw 8 Mile. Really liked it. And then worked with Brittany Murphy on Happy Feet and was like, hey, tell me about uh, tell me about this Eminem fella. I kind of want to. And she was like, he's he's a really good actor and all this stuff. But apparently uh, he refused to leave the United States. So he did not uh, did not sign on for the movie. Uh, Jeremy Renner and Army Hammer, both also extremely close to being cast. Um Army Hammer had a screen test across from Tom Hardy. Like they did scenes together and apparently Tom Hardy got really into it and spit on Army Hammer. And then Army Hammer told George Miller, that's the don't don't get cast me cast that guy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's like Harrison Ford um, just doing line readings for Star Wars to help out George. And he had absolutely no role in the movie. And he kept stealing the scene from people, so they hired yep. him to be on Well, so that was, um, they, one of the producers really wanted Harrison Ford for the role. Yeah. And Harrison Ford was, like, thinking about being quitting acting or whatever. And right. so, like, no, you're not actually going to audition. You're just going to come on. We're going to do these line readings and stuff. You just do you. You're not actually up for the part. Yeah. And so that's how they snuck him in to get that's George Lucas hilarious. to look at him. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um. There's some some of the action scenes that like really stick with me is like the Furiosa and Max fight yes. after the storm. Yeah. So well, like so well choreographed. Like yeah. everything they're doing, it feels really intense. The editing in that is like so like like so a lot of YouTube film criticism, we'll call it, is like um they talk about editing a lot when they talk about action and like, oh, if it's got a bunch of quick cuts, it's bad action. Like if it's quick cuts, it's bad. But like you watch this movie and they do a lot of quick cuts, but it's like it's like watching comic book panels where like you're right. like, draw your eye to this thing, draw your eye to this thing, keep you focused about where things are geography wise and just like make it really, really quick. And that fight scene is so good because like they're constantly setting small things up that are going to get paid off later. And then like the finale of it where like Nux is fighting the brides. Max is fighting Furiosa. Nux has the magazine. Max has the gun. Nux like yes. slides it up under it. He slams it. And then I love the, the move where Max fires shots around Furiosa's head. So dope. Yes. So, so good. And like the intensity just kind of keeps elevating like that. What's that's what makes a really good action sequence is when they it kind of one ups itself and the stakes just constantly go up. And so like the beginning, you know, he's dragging this body around with him as he's trying to fight. <laughs> and then they add the door in and then they add the hose in and like, yeah, it's just and then he wakes up and yeah, so good. yeah, you, you get the shot like early in the fight of them accidentally spraying Nux, which sets up that he's going to wake up. Right. And then um, they the like the irony bit of like, you know that the shotgun doesn't work, but Furiosa's working to get the shotgun. Yeah. Oh, it's, 
it's brilliant man it's so and her good. like enraged yell when she does fire the shotgun it doesn't work and she like realizes she kind of got played and she's so pissed she just slams it across his face <laughs> there's also like a veracity to this fight that is just so good i love how visceral it all feels mm-hmm. so good oh it makes my little editing heart so happy it yeah <laughs> And it, I I love the interaction afterwards where Max is just gonna leave them or whatever, and then the, the war rig won't work, and Furiosa's trying to like logic with Max about like no we should work together, and like she's laying out all these ideas, and then the thing that gets him is I'll get the fucking mask off your face, and get it, <laughs> all right, fine, you can you cannot me. logic with Max. Max is no. a dog. You have to yeah, give him a treat. Yeah, he was such a stubborn little child. He was just like no. Fuck it. I'll just wait for these guys to show up. He's like, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> the little fit he throws is so funny. <laughs> and then he's in the he's in the war rig, and he's just like grabbing all the guns, <laughs> like swinging guns at oh everybody. My God. And there was an '80s trope for a while that it would be comical, like somebody'd get patted down, right? And then they just kept finding weapons on you, and it was like a nice little callback to that, but within the truck, like he just keeps finding guns in different places. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I love the, the the fight too, where there's there's just like this like ceramic bit glued onto the truck that has a gun hidden underneath it. It's so cool. It's, I I want to just like sit in the war rig and i want to find all the things i want to see what i can find i don't know it seems like there's just something everywhere it's great i want to push all the buttons too that would be fun so many buttons buttons. so many buttons i love pushing buttons it'd be great (laughs) i also really want to know like what the tunnel system is like once you leave the cab we never really get to see like is it just like a little carved out tube that you're crawling through? Like, what does that whole secret tunnel system look like? Because that's a really fascinating aspect of the war rig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's such, it's such a, it's just like a lovingly designed thing where they set up all this different stuff. There's all these different compartments in it and stuff you can go do. Yeah, and the body of two bugs on top, like front and end that you can crawl into is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, my God. Um. Oh, around, I think it's, I wish I would have written down the specific, it's okay. It's, it's right around there. There's a very, very good scene transition where a Morton Joe like takes a body and it goes across the screen and it switches to the other scene. And I, I had to, well, I watched that multiple times. Because it was just, like, I, w- I wasn't really in with the, the transitions because I used cross-dissolves a lot. I was like, oh, I mean, cross-dissolves are cool. But, like, and then then that same transition, and it made up for all the cross-dissolves. It was so good. So good. It was fine. Oh, my God. I need That's... more Mac editing notes on this show, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. The, the colors? Let me tell you about the colors in this movie. Oh, man. man. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. The, but, a movie that largely takes place in a brown muted desert. The use of color in this is incredible. So well, I think I read it was like George Miller wanted more color because every other post-apocalyptic se- or movie is like so dull. Yeah. And he was just like, 
we're color time, you know, reds right. and, and oranges. And then like the, the night scene where with all the crows or whatever, uh, it's blue, just this bright blue. <sighs> so good. I, the I love like the color correction to get that like really deep, bright blue mm-hmm. across like, and then like they make the desert orange and it's, it's just so yes. pleasing to the eye. Yes. And then, like, for the flames, like, they crank oh the contrast God. up as high yeah. as they will without it looking fake. Yeah. And, like, yeah. No, yeah. it's... That's hilarious. The, so that's another thing I was thinking about constantly yesterday. I was like, God, the use of color in this is just incredible. Yes. The, um... The, the day for night sequence that they shot. And, like, it's... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I really want to see, like, how they set this scene up. Because it's... They, do, they shoot it day for night. They make it super blue. And then when they're sitting in the war rig, they have the light and just that one little bit of light on the brides is normal. And then everything Max and Furiosa are like drenched in blue. It's it looks yeah. so good, man. Ah. Ah, so good. Ah, colors. Colors are great. Shout yes. <laughs> oh, and it, so the, the, the scene in the night of one. The really cool dynamics of the characters in this between Furiosa and Max, because this movie is really about Furiosa. It's her story. Right. Max gets a Max gets a really good emotional arc, but the plot arc is all about Furiosa. And they've got the four bullets in the sniper rifle. Max is just firing them off and missing. They got one bullet left, and like he like he gives the gun to Furiosa. And she just fucking nails the thing. The sound design in that scene is so good because you hear it from Max's ear. It just completely blows out his eardrum. Yes. You see his face like. <laughs> so good. And then Max. They don't just like play it off like, oh, yeah, no, Max ain't shit. He can't do anything because then he goes off and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill all those guys. <laughs> okay. I want an uncut version where I get to see Max mess up this entire rig. <laughs> Also, let's talk about the video game style mini bosses throughout this movie, oh such as Tank Guy, who ends up losing his sight and is just fire and blind, not worried about <laughs> what is going on. And then you have like the big like monocle dude, you know, um, yeah, the people he's like, here's how much this has cost us so far. Like there is such a mini boss feel to some of these guys. Like I absolutely loved it leading up to a Morton Joe. So the hierarchy of how they did it, it wasn't just a Morton Joe and War Boys, which I think they probably lazily could have done, but they have these other fleshed out villains that are really like creative and crazy and awesome to watch. There's also Nux gets his own rival war boy who steals the black on black interceptor and fucking wrecks it. The asshole. Yep. (laughs) Uh, That that's another one as a big mad max fan. When I watched this movie for the first time and they destroy the black on black, I was just like, my heart sank. I was like, no, that's Max's car. I know. And I like, that's maybe one thing I'd even maybe change. Like, I just wanted him to get his car back so bad. <laughs> that's, I, that, that's how I wanted the movie to end. It was like, I wanted him to walk away, get in the interceptor and just drive off. Right. Yep. Oh, but no, they just, it's, it hurt. It hurt so bad watching yeah. that. <laughs> but it also like, I, this time watching it around, I was like, actually, you know what? I like it because it plays into Max's character arc a lot that, sure. that he has to, Max has gone like so feral out in the desert in the beginning of this movie, just with his car and stuff. And that his whole journey is like coming back to society. Like one, he, he has abandoned his name. He doesn't have a name anymore. And right. so at the end of the movie, when he's Max, 
my name's Max. <laughs> Tom Hardy pretty much doing the Bane voice. Right. It's so good. <laughs> it all goes back to Bane. Um, let me tell you what. Hell of a road trip this this was. Just so good. <laughs> nonstop. It, oh, it, uh, I, I, I mean, I said this earlier. It's like, it just, right from the beginning, right from the get-go, shit's going down. It's great. Yeah. It's so. In- I I shouldn't have. I should have watched this at night and not at like ten a.m. on a Monday. No, it's better than coffee, man. That gets you going. Yeah, I like <laughs> seriously. Let me tell you what. I did not get any sleep last night. That woke me right up. So yeah. Okay, you got a point. What did you, Mac? You're just so like reactionary to stuff. What was your reaction to Morton Joe's face getting ripped off? Were you watching this alone? Oh, yeah. No, my roommates probably thought I was insane because when, okay, very few people have seen movies with me, but I I have a lot of uh, audible reactions to things and I will just make comments to myself out loud. It's, once again, everyone who has in in any vicinity of mine probably thinks I'm insane because I was was like, why did you do that? Or it's, 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 and yeah, when Martin Joe's, I yelled. (laughs) I was so I looked at my partner when that happened yesterday. Like we both were like, "Oh my god!" And then I was like, "One, I bet Mac hasn't seen this, and two, I really want to know what her reaction is to that <laughs> shot specifically." <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay, well, and then I had a bone. To- okay, okay, so his face gets ripped off. All right, okay. They and then they they don't cut back to it. Like, okay, I it's gonna be gory, but like, I want to see how fucked up it, it it really. And then they obviously they show it later, but it's just like I do, I do like how, how understated it is that you get like that that shock of blood and then just like turn yeah. away. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then nothing. And then yeah, it's like a little bit later you see it a few hours or however long after. But I was just like, I want to see this dude fucked up because he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you see him on the hood of the war ring, and like his tongue's all fucking flopping out. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Wow. Granted, that is that is a good reason why I did not watch that at night because that dude would have been in my nightmares because he's once again <laughs> evil mass figure from Scooby Doo. It's he's just terrifying. <laughs> he's he's scary. <laughs> Which I mean, props to the to the the character design and in the the prop or uh, costume and makeup and everything for yeah. making him look. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is a terrifying looking villain. He he's is. a monster dude like his body's just yeah. all gross and yeah and he has this the mask weird, like, is so clear plastic stuff over him for yeah. armor and like yeah. yeah and it's like i think it's like like the black eyeshadow and it's the hair ah! oh that's <laughs> <laughs> so, so scary um my i i want to talk real quick about my favorite shot in this movie which is another similar to the other to the transition. I had to watch this multiple times. It's towards the end. There's explosions happening, and Max is on like what I can only describe. I think somebody said it, or what it actually was earlier. In my head, it's like uh, an antenna for a phone that, like, when you like <laughs> flick it, it like goes yeah. like this. Uh, Max is like, on it, and he's like swinging back towards the I forget where. And then there's explosions in the background. I that's such a good shot. Like it's he's just like it's like black. He's like a, the dark character, and then there's just bright orange explosions. Ah, oh, so good, so good. Yeah, I, all the good. stuff, 
all the stuff with the polecats is so good. Yeah, because so like a couple things about it was like one, the polecats are an invention of it's like the entire like conceit of the movie. George Miller really wanted to stretch the idea of like how much about a how good can you make a movie that's just one extended chase scene? Like he really yes. focused on that being the thing, and then so the getting the idea to turn around and come back is part of that. And then they were like, okay, well, so it's it's now two chase scenes. How do we ramp it up for the climax? And he came up with the idea of the polecats based on like watching like a Cirque du Soleil show or whatever. And then so designing the movie and stuff, he was like, that was the one thing where he was like, and then that'll be CG. That's obviously has to be CG. We're, there's just no way around that. And then the stunt coordinator was like, sure, but just let me try it, okay? Let me just yeah, like, try to see if I can do it. <laughs> and so he had, uh, uh, the movie had to get put on pause for a couple weeks for him to finish up Happy Feet 2 before they could get starting shooting this. And during that time, the stunt coordinator was just like, I'm going to figure out these fucking polecats. I'm going to make this shit work. And George Miller comes back and he's like, look, I got it figured out. It's safe. Um, one guy did end up falling off one during uh, I filming. have to imagine there was something that went wrong. One one time somebody fell off. They, they were able to fix the problem about why it happened and stuff. Nobody got hurt. But... Um, yeah, and then so like like they're just they shot at speed, just people flying back and forth. Zoe Kravitz and uh, Tom Hardy both actually got on the polecats for the stunts. Um, apparently, it's terrifying. <laughs> even the stu- even the stuntmen who are like the professional, like top of the top of the industry stunt guys were like, "Yeah, it's like I know that it's a hundred percent safe. I know that it's good, but when I get up there." I'm just like, nah, this is this is wild. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> oh man. Uh it's it, such it's a like, cool stunt. And it, it it turns that that climax into like I I'm just watching it last night. It was so much more intense than I remembered it being. Cause Max is bouncing around to different cars. Everybody's like, there's people, there's so many guys showing up. The guy with the weird hockey mask is there, yep. stabbing <laughs> Furiosa. Just bouncing all over this fight to just, just so many cool stuff max hopping on a car killing a dude blocking a guy blocking bullets with a guy jumping onto another car it's just it's so much that was a real good death when he takes out the like warmonger dude the morton joe's like sidekick yeah, that was yeah the, good. the people eater yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so good and then he slams his foot on the gas and jumps off it blows up that's when he's on the polecat it's so yes yes oh my god yeah what a third act i mean the whole movie's great but jeez it's just like you you get to that part and you think like okay they can't yeah like all the lead up into the into the storm at the beginning and you think like well it can't get more intense than that and then somehow they just ramp it up even more yeah (laughs) oh God. It's mind blowing, man. So good. So good. So good. Um, Aaron, I wanna, I wanna. You, you got any, any, anything in particular that you wanted to talk about with, 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 with this movie? <laughs> um, I really appreciate the messaging of it, and like, I do appreciate that they're like men killed the world, and I, a lot of people I know had a really big problem that Mad Max leaves at the end. 
But I was like, I really love the fact that he's like, I don't think there should be any men in leadership. Like she's got this and it, he's never like really like the hero savior archetype. Like he helped, he saves her with blood and everything, but like the final moment of like, Nope, you are going to run the Citadel in a way that I think is actually going to benefit society. And I'm going to see if I can go and continue to rectify my sins is essentially what he's trying to do. Right. He feels like losing his wife and child is still really his fault. And he's still figuring out ways to come to terms with that. So I, I adore the end. I adore that he lets her lead and he just kind of fades off into the crowd and that he doesn't tell her. I love that we don't get some big speech about why he has to. I think it makes it a lot more powerful of a moment that she turns around to look for him. And then when he's not there, she looks down in the crowd and sees him looking back and, and he's out. So it's probably one of my favorite aspects of this movie. And that's why I'm also very, very excited about a Furiosa prequel yeah. just because I think she is such a fascinating character. They came up with the ending on the day of shooting, like of in the in the store <laughs> in the storyboards and everything. Yes. They it, the plan was Max was gonna they, because remember, originally this was written for Mel Gibson. This was supposed right. to be the end of Max's story, and so it was going to be him finally coming back into society, and he was gonna go up with Furiosa as an older man and just be like done, and then like. Obviously, everything went down. The tone of the movie changed and stuff when, you know, they got a much, much younger Max. And so they shot the ending of Max going up with them and stuff. But like everybody, they're like pretty much everybody knew while shooting it that that wasn't going to be the ending of the movie. Nobody was happy with it. So it's very just like it's like nobody's like acting in the scene. The director doesn't like the scene at all. So they just like move on and like I get like the idea George Miller had was that Max's story can't end until he like goes back to the graves of his wife and daughter and just grieves that he spent all this time just looking for revenge, killing people and stuff. And that he actually needs to go back and like accept their deaths and grieve. And so, yeah, him going off for more adventures because Max just can't, can't let it go. I, I, I do really like the ending of this movie and stuff. Yeah. And then the the fact that this is like one an extremely poignant movie like it's a at its core this is a film about reproductive rights. <laughs> like totally it is it is about who gets to control reproduction. It's about the bodily autonomy of women. They they write we are not objects in big fuck off words at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. And but I also like that um one of the things that uh, I read an essay about this, about like the, the feminism in Mad Max and comparing it to like other movies and stuff. And that the movie just, the movie just places it very plainly. Like it's just in the movie. Like it's not treated as like, uh, look at us. We're being super feminist and stuff. This is awesome. It's just like, no, this is a movie. The main character is a woman. It's about women's issues and stuff. And we're just not going to make a big deal about it. It's just what it is. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that. <laughs> Me too. There's a subtlety to the message that I think makes it way more impactful and way more powerful. Yeah. Again, same with like, like I said earlier, Max not giving some big speech about <clears throat> you need to lead and I need to go my own way. Like it's so much, so much more subtle than that. And that makes it so much better when they don't just yeah. like look the audience in the eyes to give you their message. Like so, so much better. And it's, and it's Max's idea to go back and take over the Citadel. 
Like, yeah, he's like, no, you need to go back. You need to do this. Like you can, you can make the world a better place. Right. Yeah. As I tell you, as soon as it was over, I was ready to go toss the Mad Max game on my steam deck and just go <laughs> continue his adventures. Game. Yeah. There and you get a game, yeah. build your own car oh. and it's open world in this wasteland. And it's Hell great. Yeah. Okay. I will be downloading that when I get home. <laughs> very excited about that <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Th- this movie is insane i love it i will probably be watching it again soon hell yeah that's yeah. what i love to hear <laughs> yeah. i'm also probably gonna watch this again soon. honestly same <laughs> there is a, i i watched it when it came out but there's a black and white silent version I, of this I movie about this yeah, yeah very which like one of the original ideas was they thought about shooting it black and white obviously decided against this um they tried to shoot it 3d um but like they couldn't build a good enough 3d camera to make the movie work and stuff but like but some of the ideas they feel had that in one of the explosions when the steering yeah. wheel flies they did right yeah. the camera. they did digital 3d for parts oh, okay but like the original idea they had actually sounds super dope because they're gonna be like key 3d scenes with i mean the, like like the old school red and blue yeah. glasses oh. right and so, like, they, they were going to set up a gimmick in the movie where it was, like, whenever Max puts his goggles on, you put your goggles on. And so, like, so like it was going to be, there was going to be no 3D in the movie until it got to the storm. And then they were, Max puts his goggles on for the storm. You put your, and then you get to watch the storm in 3D. And then you get to the end and you see Max's goggles just, like, in the desert thrown off his face. And so it's, you take your goggles off now. That's that sounds awesome. so cool. But, like, obviously... This movie doesn't need a gimmick. It just fucking no. Works. It's just it's just <laughs> awesome all the way through. Oh my gosh! Oh, that would have been yeah. No, I agree. But yeah, I would have put goggles on. Um, <laughs> uh, Brandon, do you have any final thoughts or your final notes that you have that you would like to touch upon? Uh, I I have so many stories that we don't need to get into. Read the book, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome. It's a fascinating read. I plowed through it in like a day and a half. Just like, like, yeah, so good. Such an interesting, so many crazy stories from the set of this movie. Um, Go check that out. It's also like, I can't understate the undertaking George Miller went through to make this movie the way that he did. Because he had opportunities to do something else that would have not been this. He could have made a lesser version of this. He They were given the green light to go in the early 2000s. Um, like McKenna said, 9-11 happened. The, the U.S. dollar tanked against the Australian dollar. And so they technically lost 30% of their budget. Oh, my God. And they they could have gone through with the movie then at it would have been a much different film and George Miller decided that he was completely unwilling to compromise on making this movie. The studio tried to fuck him over so many times and he just stuck to his guns. His actors wanted to rebel against him at times because they couldn't see the vision. The the man deserved the best director Oscar. God damn it. I agree. Justice for George Miller. Who did win out of curiosity? Let me look up his name. Um, oh, Revenant dude. Sorry, we already talked yeah, about Revenant it. Yeah, Revenant guy. My bad. I completely Alejandro. 
Inaritu? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember how to pronounce it exactly. Yeah, I I can't. I think he's Spanish. Um, Yeah. And still a heck of a director. Oh, no, he's his one shots are the Revenant slaps, man. That movie's awesome. But (laughs) But I agree. Give George Miller his due. (laughs) The only thing you know about the Revenant is that Leonardo DiCaprio is in it and there's a bear. Tom Hardy's also in it doing a weird fucking voice. It's true. Oh, sweet. All right. Yeah, he's a complete psycho in that movie. Yeah. You should go watch uh, it. It's pretty good. Go it, it is really good. Watch it on the biggest screen that you can. Yeah. Okay. Like 50% of the movie is just nature shots. Ooh. It's gorgeous to look at. It is. That sounds very pretty. And the bear scene is insane. So intense as hell. Be prepared. Oh, yeah. Intense bear scene. Okay, I'm going to have to prepare myself for that. Um, Aaron, do you have any final notes or thoughts uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, it's pretty important. We all need to go get the Untitled Movie Podcast canceled because Matt Rohrbeck (laughs) does not like this movie at all. He hates on it all the time. And for that alone, he doesn't deserve a movie podcast. I'm sorry, Matt. Imagine I'm going to tweet at you and say this this. movie. (laughs) Yeah, like we just we just reviewed Blade Runner, my favorite movie of all time. And in that episode, I said, I do not begrudge anybody who doesn't like that movie. I understand it's not for everybody. If you don't like this movie, there is no excuse. (laughs) There's no excuse for you. I actually love Matt. He's awesome. But yeah, this is one thing that I just like cannot stand. I was like, how do you not like this movie? Like, how can people find fault in it? Just for the sheer adrenaline fun of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I was I was a little trepidatious going into it because I didn't know anything. Uh, it changed real quick. Yeah. Wow. I love the this blind. That's so fun. <laughs> It was, oh uh, yeah, I, I had to, to cut some of my, okay, these aren't all of my notes on the, it's, it's just the end here, but I had to like cram them into the bottom. I, I had to cut some napkin. of my, yeah, that's all I had. Well, I mean, I have my notebook, but like, I like this. You have like 30 notebooks. You wrote it on a napkin. <laughs> these are, these are all of my HBO Max notes in the last the month since also, I've been I here. I love that she says, yeah, I didn't have anything else. And then proceeds to pull up a giant notebook. <laughs> things look nice it's all highlight okay but i did lose my blue pen so like it's not color coded like it usually is um so i had to to highlight it but these are my nice notes see there's no no there is some scratch out stuff these are my sort of nice notes okay there's there's, i have to cut out my shit thoughts before i put put it in, in the hard copy um McKenna might be the only person who takes a rough draft of her notes for a <laughs> right? podcast. I was, I was like, you guys told me you put no work into this. Max putting in way more work than she needs to be. <laughs> I, I gotta make sure my thoughts are, are coherent. No, see, that, also- that does not speak to how much work we do to the podcast. That just speaks to you don't understand the amount of work Mac does for every other podcast. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I just... See, like, you can't read this. I Well, it's also not in focus. I can barely read it. I need to put it on a bigger, bigger Every space. Every other and- podcast, it starts off on a miniature oh, sticky yeah. note and then goes to a napkin and then goes to a notebook and then gets oh, typed yeah. out in a Google Doc. Listen, I wish what you said was false, but it is. It is it, that is very true for some shows. 
<laughs> it just goes. It, yeah, no, it's uh, bad. She's a planner. <laughs> Guess what, Brandon? I have a planner, <laughs> and you know what's in it? Uh, more notes on oh, napkins. Gotta have the notes. You gotta have the napkins. Got it. Yeah, got, exactly. Gotta, gotta have those napkins. You need to have napkins and notes. See notes. So many notes. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. Um, that's that's all I brought with me to London in terms of uh, physical notes. Everything else. Is just bad. a bunch of napkins. She bought all the notebooks when she got there. Yeah. She just came through with a folder full of napkins. Five Guys is, listen, if you want napkins, go to Five Guys. They give you a bunch of them. It's great. Plenty of writing material. Um, I don't know if you know this, but that's not why they hand you napkins. <laughs> they weren't like, here's your burger, yeah. here's your fries, and here's some good old note-taking napkins. Yeah, Matt gets her burger from Five Guys. like, how does he know I write so much? <laughs> Oh man, this girl looks like she has a lot of thoughts to put down. Let's give her extra napkins. <laughs> that's, that's, they're gonna get ready. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, you should see out my sticky note collection at home. Uh, so, um, yes, I know. Uh, I, words are hard. This is why I have to write them down first on napkins. Aaron, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at Aaron Sini, A-A-R-O-N-S-E-A-N-E-Y. Um, or you can listen to my podcast with Internet Mel, Give Me 20. Um, we release it on the 20th of every month, and it's only 20 minutes long. So, Do you know how long it took point. me to realize that you guys released on the 20th of the month? <laughs> so to be fair, that's fairly new. Once we okay. kind of like kicked off merch and gave us our own Twitter page and like started our own podcast feed, I had to move everything over from awesomely average to our new podcast feed. But you have, even if it was in the past, you had to select a release date. And I was like, no, what if I put them on the 20th of every month? And then going forward, we actually release on the 20th of every month. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. It's again, it's only 20 minutes. Um, fingers crossed. We did reach out to Scarpino. So he might pop on and come hang out with us just to talk about comedy. And, and even though the uh, documentary is kind of old, I'd love to talk to him about waiting on the punchline and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's such a good documentary. If it's not, really I'm sure I really like it a lot. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You were talking about like how little effort you put into this. Like we love how lazy that podcast is. Like we talk for just a couple of minutes and then I hit record and whatever happens in 20 minutes happens in 20 minutes. And then I hit end record and we upload it. There's no editing. There's no like it is the simplest thing. Oh, no, dude, I have like six pages of an essay written here for pop cultural studies I'm recording tomorrow, and I'm sure that this is going to be the better podcast. <laughs> it's fun to just go with the flow and not worry about it, you know, especially when you do these shows like kind of for you. Like me and Mel really just kind of do that show for us and other people are enjoying it, which is cool. So, yes, very, very good show and very good Twitter page you 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 have, Mr. Aaron. Thank you. Appreciate go, go. it. Yes. Brandon, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me pretty much everywhere at Jose Ruckus. Um, the Jose Ruckus podcast network. The wheels are turning there. We got a new show for we're reviewing WWE premium live events. They're called now, not pay-per-views premium live events. So check out premium live podcast on the Jose Ruckus podcast network. Love that. 
also we've got pop cultural studies new episodes of that are coming out i'm sorry that show takes me so long to write i'm obsessive <laughs> um and then yeah uh twitch twitter instagram uh tiktok also for still, I think, two more weeks, you can get the HDG shirt at bonfire.com slash HDG. All of the uh, money that we make from that is going to the Buckle Bunnies Fund, which is the last active abortion fund in Texas. So watch Mad Max Fury Road. Watch a movie about reproductive rights and then go support reproductive rights. Bonfire.com slash HDG. I bought my shirt. It's being shipped to Pennsylvania, so I won't have it yet. But I, it's, I have the receipt. Um, you can find me, uh, what is my hand? At PotterPants212 on Twitter. <laughs> I've had it since I was 11 years old, and I still can't remember. Yeah, I forget it sometimes. It happens. Um, there's a link in my bio for where you can find me on other places, like Instagram and other podcasts that I occasionally do. Um, I think that's it. Um, you can follow the podcast at HBO Max, M-A-K-S, H, yeah, HBO Max, yeah, you know it. Yeah. We need it we need to get those YouTube subscribers up, because we need YouTube.com slash HBO Max. Yes, we do, we do. Yes. Um, make sure to review and the like and the comments and the things, um, on this episode, comment, <laughs> what should I comment? How do you spell that, Mac? How do you, how, how do you spell? <laughs> how many H's do you want me to put in that? Oh God, at least twelve. Okay. Um, come. No, I don't know. For this episode, I want you to comment Mad Max M A K apostrophe S. Mad yes. Max. That's what we want yes. you to comment on this episode. Thank you. Do it. And then tweet, hashtag Mad Max, M-A-K-S. <laughs> Listen, last, no, 21 and over, we we said about the comment thing, and apparently, I don't remember this, we said we would pay people $5 Brett, for comments. Brett said he would pay Brett, them $5 if they put, what was it, tube socks and butt stuff, if they commented that. I think that. so. I have to forward it to Brett. I don't know if you did. My friend, my friend from high school messaged me then after watching, he's a very, shout out to Robbie, very big HBO Max fan. Um, he texted me and was like, you owe me $5. And I go, what? And he goes, check the, the YouTube comments on 21 and over. And he commented. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll send that to Jim Tasty. You got to invoice him on that. That's not Yeah, us. I will. I will. I'll have I'm going to go find that episode. I want my five bucks. <laughs> Jim Tasty's Jim Tasty still owes me ten dollars from the other goddamn thing that he did, so he's not paying nobody. I know. I think he owes me for that too. But scrub. I know. Why do we even let him on this show? Twenty <laughs> One Over was a fine movie. <laughs> was a fine movie. Um, but yes, thank you for watching this episode. It's, uh... Mad Max. Ah.